right, live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice on a Tuesday night. Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 470, 1029. On Samsung TV Plus, you can also catch the show on Roku and on the website as well. Real America's Voice's website. You can uh, also... Join us live on all the socials. You know them. Facebook, Twitter, uh, what else? Rumble, uh, Instagram, uh, Getta, the yeah. Getta chat, where everybody will be joining and conversing this evening. Welcome to you, and uh, welcome to you guys. As you can see, Hello. Damon is uh, out for tonight. He may be joining us in a little bit, uh, popping in from home, so we'll see about that. In the meantime, though, Big Z sitting in for Big D. How are you, David Z? Uh, what's up there, guys? Um, you guys are very funny pre-show, I got to say. I think everybody's losing their mind. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, so that, a lot of fun to be here, though. Uh, a lot of exciting things going on. So. And, and did you have a good... I know you had a good Friday last week. How about the weekend? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good one. Then. I don't, oh, uh, Friday night, we had Rudy Palooza at the America First Warehouse yeah. with Tom Homan and, and Jason Jones of Newsmax. Incredible border correspondent, 24 years in Texas Department of Public Safety for counterterrorism. I interviewed everybody. Um, just an extraordinary night. And, um, yeah, so that was the extent of it. All right. Very good. So we'll talk with more with David and see what else is coming up, see what other stories he's got working on for tonight. And, of course, speaking of uh, speaking of other people in the room, we're talking about, I swear, if the— if he, if we could just get him a large chocolate factory with some uh, with some Oompa Loompas, he would be set and ready to go. I'm talking about Slick Rick and Slick Rick Sports. Man, oh man, talk about red. That's right. <laughs> Great to be here tonight with you, Flex. <laughs> Where are you? And the great David Z. I always love when David's on the show. One of my favorite uh, Thank folks you, Rick. ever. I love David, so he's super on the show. And uh, hey, big night tonight. We got a Wimbledon update. Yep. Big Tyson Fury fight announced really? today. Oh, I can't right. wait to hear that. And we're going to keep you updated on that All-Star game tonight for those who actually care about the All-Star game, which means basically nothing, but we'll keep you updated <laughs> on that tonight as well. All right, very good. So we'll cover a bunch of different things. And one thing... Um one thing real quick that I wanted to touch upon uh, as we started the show, and, and at some point we'll do the roll call, right, Rick? We'll do the roll call Absolutely. at some point? Yeah, we'll do that in just a little bit. But one thing I wanted to talk about was, and this is something I came across, I didn't realize it was today, um, and really has not been covered uh, like it used to be when this commercial came out. But on this day in history, I'm getting this from uh, Fox News, uh, July 11th, 1804, Aaron Burr, mortally wounds, Alexander Hamilton in a duel. Oh, wow. Do you remember that? Yes, You, you guys remember that from, uh, you know, yeah. from high school uh, uh, or junior high uh, history yeah, class, right? <laughs> Is that amazing? That's amazing. It's, it's amazing because, you know, when you talk about how things were settled back then when it comes to politics, and then you look at today, it's, it's strikingly different. But uh, a, a quick little history lesson for those who may not know this, and I think we have a drawing from that, from that day as well. Aaron Burr, who was serving as President Thomas Jefferson's vice president. So Aaron Burr was a vice president. This is like Kamala Harris. All right? <laughs> so imagine Kamala Harris now, because she's the vice president. Mortally wounded Alexander Hamilton, the first secretary of the Treasury, in a pistol duel on this day, July 11th, in 1804. Burr had long been politically motivated, uh, had, had a long politically motivated feud with Hamilton. The feud culminated, of course, in a request from Burr for a duel. 
Now, this is how the story goes. Uh, Thus, Sir Burr wrote to Hamilton, you have invited the course I'm about to pursue. Nobody writes like this or talks like this anymore. It's amazing. Uh, You have invited the course I'm about to pursue, and now your silence impose it upon me. While dueling... While dueling was illegal in New York and New Jersey, dueling carried a less harsh penalty in New Jersey. So guess where they did it? In New Jersey. Bush and Hamilton agreed to a duel in Weehawken, just over the river from Manhattan, on, um, on the morning of July 11th, 1804. Three years earlier, Hamilton's eldest son, Philip, had died in a duel in the same place, according to the National Park Service. Uh, Nathaniel Pendleton, a former federal judge, served as Hamilton's second in the duel. Now, this was—you guys remember uh, Greece. Remember Greece, the movie? Of course. You know, with, uh, with John Travolta and, yeah. and, and what do you call it? John, of course. Right, right. Olivia. But, but, Olivia. But when they were, doing, when they were racing for pinks. Remember, remember those, they were racing for remember pinks? Remember those oh, leather pants? The Reggies, baby. <laughs> yeah. The Reggies. Right? And uh, what do you call it? Uh, Pink uh, slips. The, the other guy, uh, Travolta's best friend, was going to be the one racing. Yeah. And Travolta, you know, Travolta's character, John. Uh, what was Conway. It? Yeah. Jeff Conway. Jeff Conway. Um, but Travolta's character was like, I'll be your second. So he was going to be his second. That, that's, who, uh, that's who this uh, Nathaniel Pendleton was. Um, so Burr's second was William Van Ness, who served as a judge. It's amazing the people who were involved in this. These are like people who were judges, and, 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 and this guy was a former federal judge, and this is the Secretary of Interior versus the Vice President, um, and would serve as a judge for the United States District Court of Southern New York, Southern District of New York, from 1817 to 1826. The role of the second was to load the pistols, and for representing their principles to the other party and acting as field assistants. A, de- a medical doctor was also present at the scene. So what happens was, who, as it says here, who shot first is a mystery. And various accounts, different, uh, different versions of the story, says the National, Parks, uh, National Park Service. But what is consistent in the record is that there were two shots heard within seconds of each other. Hamilton shot Miss Burr entirely, right? But Burr struck Hamilton in the abdomen, and Hamilton fell to the ground. Uh, according to his own writings prior to the duel, though, Hamilton suggested he would miss Burr on purpose. So he didn't want to be involved in this. Right? So yeah. I, he says, I have resolved to reserve and throw away my first fire, he wrote, and I have thoughts of even reserving my second fire. In other words, he, d- he wanted no part of this duel. He didn't want to shoot this guy, Aaron Burr. Pendleton confirmed Hamilton's intent to miss Burr with the first shot. Hamilton never got a chance to decide what to do with the second one because, of course, he got hit from Aaron Burr's shot on the first shot. And uh, Pendleton rushed Hamilton's side. The two were joined in Hosack, and uh, even Hamilton acknowledged to Hosack, the doctor, this is a mortal wound, doctor. And uh, as you know, the rest is history. He, was, uh, he succumbed to the injury, I think, a day later with his family by him. But, 31 uh, hours he lived. Yeah. That wow. was the uh, that was the story of uh, you know. That's Aaron how Burr. long you have to wait in Coney Island Hospital today. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but but what's funny is about this because I see this headline and the first thing I thought of and this this is this is something I think we're going through as a country. This is how it relates is the culture part of what we go through, right? Because we're fighting this culture war, it seems like, on all fronts, whether it's trans this or gay that or this in the military or that type of, you know, uh, racism or what have you. It's, it's all over the place. It's infected everything. But when, again, when I saw this, 
I saw this headline. The first thing I thought of was this commercial from, I think it was like the mid eighties or nineties. And this, and I think this is where most people remember Oh my God, that's right. It was Aaron Burr. Remember this? Uh, yeah, off the top of my head. <laughs> it's a milk commercial teaching actual U.S. And history. that was the Vienna Wood Dancing D, one of my all-time favorites. And now let's make that random call with today's $10,000 question. This guy's it's obviously an Alexander Who Hamilton fan. Alexander Hamilton in oh, the guy school. couldn't answer the question. Yes, I remember this. That's the peanut right, butter? Let's yes. go to the phones and see who's out this. there. <laughs> Hello, for $10,000, who shot... Excuse me? <laughs> I'm afraid your time is almost up. I'm sorry, maybe next time. <laughs> I remember God, that, I do remember that commercial. Yeah, remember that oh campaign? Oh my gosh. That was amazing. That was amazing. But again, that was, the, that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh, I know who shot Hamilton, Aaron Burr. And everybody would say it the same way. I remember back then as kids, you know, where we go, who shot Alexander Hamilton? Aaron Burr. Yeah. Right. That's the way we all answered it. And it was because of the commercial. So I thought I'd share that to start the show. Yeah. And Kanicki died in 2011. Uh, <laughs> Travolta sidekick. A very sad. Uh, great From Greece. Yes. Yeah. Great oh, movie. Man. Um, and also, I think uh, Aaron Burr went on to plan an invasion into Mexico and all kinds of other stuff uh, while he was because uh, he survived. Right. So, well, yeah, he, he went he, on. He was vice president. So yeah. <laughs> the vice president. It's like Kamala winning a duel with uh, I don't know name name a secretary or something that she you was could, having a problem with. She couldn't win a, a duel with a dictionary. That <laughs> one. Come on. <laughs> it's amazing. So so I just thought I'd share that a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, the culture war, so to speak, or, or a little bit of history, I should say. Considering the day in history being today, July eleventh, eighteen oh four, and then when you when then when you consider. All the stuff we see continuously happening in the news. It's amazing. David Zier, what has caught your attention today? Um, besides yourself? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, it's great to see you guys. I love being here. Um, got a lot of exciting things going on. I'll be at Turning Point in uh, West Palm this Saturday and Sunday. And the list of people who are speaking there is just extraordinary. And I think DeSantis is making a really terrible, maybe fatal mistake by not agreeing to speak there because everybody's going to be there you know uh -huh. tucker and trump um and um i'll be at uh chadwick moore's book party he wrote a book uh called tucker as a you okay. know, authorized uh, biography i believe and um that should be a lot of fun but everybody's there trump bannon you know and charlie kirk said today you know that it's probably a mistake that uh DeSantis isn't coming you know what are these people afraid of and you can't win the primary without the turning point type audience so i don't know what's going on behind the scenes you know i've been following it but uh we'll see um you know what's going on but that should be an extraordinary event and um you know i've been interviewing so many people so i got a lot to talk about tonight when you're ready um i interviewed uh sarah field she's an activist with the texas coalition parent parental rights all right uh, i interviewed kelly meggs from his jail cell in uh in dc uh really? he's one of the oath keepers convicted for 12 years yeah he called me again today and i couldn't pick it up they can only talk for 15 minutes from the yeah. jail 
Um, and it's amazing when you do get those calls from a prison, it announces you're receiving this call from a... Uh, yes. <laughs> and, your, and your conversation's prison. being monitored yes. by the FBI. You know, um, but, Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, you know, he's got an extraordinary story. I, I can say for myself that, you know, I've had Oath Keepers at events um, that I've, I've held, you know, political fundraisers, other things, and they were always salt of the earth. They weren't insurrectionists. They were retired cops, right. retired firefighters. Um, they probably got a big raw deal here on these seditious conspiracy charges. Uh, there was no insurrection. You know, they weren't charged with that. No. Um, but, you know, they, they got, you know, up to 20-year sentences, these guys. So um, we're going to bring you more on that. Yeah. And it's amazing, too, because wasn't the uh, Oath Keepers, is that the one that was started by Gavin McInnes? Uh, McGinnis? Yeah. I don't remember if he right. started that. I, I'll double check that because he's, he also started one of the groups that, you know, he eventually left, but has been blamed for a lot of this stuff as well. And he yeah. just kind of, he just throws his hands up like, what are you people talking about? Yeah. McGinnis was really great back yeah. in the day. A lot of big, you know, big conservative yeah. voice. Uh, so yeah, very, very funny guy. Very smart guy. Uh, lots of good stuff to say. Uh, show is just getting started. On a Tuesday night, we'll be back with more. We'll do some. Uh, we'll do some news. We'll do some sports with Slick Rick. Coming up right after this, live from Studio Six B, Real America's Voice. Stay there. America's Voice Tuesday night. Thank you for joining us. Damon is out for now. He may be joining us later, like I mentioned. If so, then we will uh, pipe him in and welcome him to the show. In the meantime, David Zier, the big Z, is sitting in. We'll go with him in just a few moments. But first, let's go over to the videotape with uh, our man Slick Rick and see what he's got with Slick Rick Sports. Brought to you by Mike Lindell's MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com. Use our code at checkout and take advantage of some great, great sales uh, that he's got going on. And, of course, um, the, 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 the details of the free shirt, I'm pretty sure, are the same, right? You just kind of you make a copy of the receipt, send it in, and you get the shirt of the month. There it is, the brand-new shirt uh, that Damon has featured right there. Does his face come on the shirt or could, no? Could you imagine somebody coming up to you and trying to read all that? I mean, really? <laughs> come on, big name. <laughs> So make sure you get your uh, free shirt of the month. Just go to MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com. Use our code at checkout. Take advantage of the sale. Get your shirt as well. Slick Rick Sports, what do you got for us? Well, we got the All-Star game tonight. Rick, out at the Summer of Love in Seattle. That's going to be kicking off very shortly at Safeco Stadium. We will get into that first pitch. Probably uh, doing the intros now, so any moment. I thought you were talking about us, talking about the the All-Star game right here. Oh, this is the All-Star team right here. Let me tell you, fire up the band. That's it, man. Uh, Here we go. But we get big news today in the uh, boxing world, I should say. Uh, Tyson Fury and Francis Nagano agreed to October fight in where else? Saudi Arabia. They got the bucks, right? And this is Jason Klinkscales of Yard Barker. The top heavyweight fighters in their respective sports, boxing's Tyson Fury and MMA king Francis Ngano, will square off on October 28th in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. The event will be held by Fury's longtime promoter, Top Rank, which announced the fight in an 
early morning tweet early this morning. ESPN's Mike Kopinger reports that while the two sides agreed to some parameters, not every detail has been ironed out just yet. Fury and Angano will box in a regulation boxing ring under boxing rules, but the number of rounds is uncertain. It is also unclear if Fury's WBC championship will be on the line and if this will count toward either boxing record. Uh, Angano left the UFC after he had the, he and the MMA promotion couldn't come to terms on a new contract. He was stripped of the heavyweight title speeding up his exodus. The 36-year-old then signed with Professional Fighters League in a landmark contract in which not only does he have equity in the company, but he can uh, pursue boxing matches outside of the PFL. It's all money nonsense. But bottom line is, this should be a very interesting fight, how it shapes up. Um, I think Tyson Fury in the ring without the, you know, the cage match and all that going on, I think he'll easily win that fight. He'll outpoint Angano. Strong guy, but, you know, he's got a couple of knee repairs there on his MCLs. I think that uh, Tyson Fury will have the leverage and will win that fight back in October 28th. But we got plenty of time to uh, prospect on that fight, but should be very, very interesting to see how that pans out. I don't even know. It's going to be a blockbuster. I tweeted out and geeted out earlier today that I think that we should have Elon Musk and Zuckerberg. <laughs> they should be the uh, the undercard, so to speak. That would put a little spice into it. However, we're not going to have a cage. We're going to have a ring. Those right. two guys want to go in a cage. So, But very interesting developments. Hey, you know what? We live in a world now where the abnormal is very normal so not surprised to see that today so really great stuff and uh well last night vladimir guerrero jr outlasts randy rosarina uh in the uh home run derby it was a quite a battle we were reporting on it last night but it didn't wrap up after we got off the air but this is jeff pazan of espm uh, out in seattle four years after he set a single round home run derby record only to not win the title vladimir guerrero jr bestowed the same fate on someone else and added to his family's rich legacy in the process the son of Hall of Famer Vladimir Guerrero participating in the Derby at his family's urging ousted hometown favorite Julio Rodriguez after a record-setting performance and outlasted Randy Rosarina in the finals to win the Derby on Monday night, 16 years after his father did the same. Pretty cool. When yeah, my family right. pushes me to do something, young Guerrero said, usually good things happen. So great stuff. And uh Back in 2019, the then 20-year-old Guerrero, a star first baseman with the Toronto Blue Jays, put on a show in his Derby debut, hitting a record of 40 home runs in the second round and 91 overall, but he fell in the final to uh, Pete Alonso of the New York Mets. After watching his single-round record eclipse last night by Seattle Mariners Rodriguez, who sent T-Mobile's park crowd of 46,952 into a frenzy with 41 homers in the first round to bounce Alonso, so he topped him by one home run, but, you know, it's like the rope of dope. George Foreman, he shot his load, and well, what do you know? That's it. So good, good news for Guerrero. And uh, what can I tell you? That's the best way I can describe it. You know, that's an interesting way to describe well, it. No, it less. is what it is. I mean, many people utilize that term. And uh, that guy, the second so place guy, yeah. um, was was uh, belting him out. They they throw the pitches so fast now. I think I like it when there's a timer. Right. Yeah, it's right? unbelievable. And this yep. guy was ripping home runs, and he got the bonus for hitting two for 440 feet. But then uh, Guerrero did it. Man, he, do he it. won, Couldn't and do he uh, brought it back to Pops, who did it 16 years ago. So yeah. cool stuff. We'll keep you updated on the All Star Game, which means a whole lot of nothing. Although it doesn't. You know, listen, if your team makes it to the uh, World Series, yeah. you'll end up being the host team. Right. So the Yankees, who won't make it this year, but Cincinnati, if the NL <laughs> could pull it out. By the way, the Reds have zero players there, and you know I'm just happy with that because they're sitting in first place in the NL Central. Let those boys stay home. Let them rest. Ellie Dela Cruz is better than most of those players that are on the field tonight. Anyway, the Cincinnati Reds rookie. So. 
wow. you know what? Let's rest, and I'm wearing my red. Is that, I'm going to say, is that why you're wearing the red? Of course I am. That's of course it. you are. And I'm that, ripping and, red. And that's why the Reds logo is still sitting behind you. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I, where do I bring my hats in? I haven't even started. They start winning. I really start bandwagoning. All right. But that's a wrap in sports, Rick. All right. Back to Very you, good. Friend. Very good. Again, uh, Slick Rick Sports brought to you by Mike Lindell's MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com. Use our code at checkout. Take advantage of some great sales. Absolutely. And, of course, get your free shirt of the month from us right here at yeah. LFS6B. Hey, real quick on the uh, Home Run Derby. This is a... Uh, kind of a phenomenon i don't know if you've ever followed it but usually the winners of the home run derby end up having a terrible yes. second half yeah, of the year it's very true right? they yeah. are and, and and also a lot of the players that don't go to the all-star game and stay home end up having phenomenal bryce harper had a phenomenal rookie year he wasn't invited to the all-star game right. like ali de la cruz who's always been on the team he's, he's been there for two cups of coffee but he's really making a big significant impact but he wasn't invited to the all-star game right. that could also play true for him as well yeah so I like exactly that. so we'll see because they say it, it throws off because they're they're loading up to make the to, to hit these home runs. Oh yeah, it throws off their mechanics. Yeah, it's very tough for them to get it back. And that's why Dela Cruz did, decided not to go there. And I really applaud that because it's all about winning. Forget about all this other right. nonsense. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Sports Slick Rick. Of course, you can find him on Getter in the Getter chat as well. Not I got to get in the Getter chat. Uh, as a matter of fact, we'll do oh, roll call no. next. We're not oh, going to yeah. do it right now, but load it up. Get ready. So, oh. so get you know because we like to announce, especially the towns and the cities we've never we've never really heard of, uh, and and we've gotten a lot of those lately. David Zia, what is going on in your world, my friend? Uh, a lot going on. A lot going on. Uh, over thirteen thousand New Yorkers have been assaulted year to date. Uh, that's uh, fresh and exciting news. Um, I have some stories <laughs> for you tonight. Uh, <laughs> You know, we'll get into it maybe uh, in the next uh, block a little more, but I don't know how much you guys covered it on the show, but the uh, race-based admissions decision in the Supreme Court has an escape clause. Oh, uh, that okay, we didn't, we didn't touch upon that, so hold that yeah. for the next segment. So they're getting around the decision, these colleges, I right. think. So. All right, so we'll do that. We'll do that in the next chat. What do you have coming up this weekend on your show, though? Uh, well, on my show, I have an Iraq war veteran talking about the assault going into Baghdad. I think he was, uh, I think he's a, an, a, not an Apache pilot, but a Cobra, an AH-1 Cobra pilot. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and um, I've got other great guests, including Sarah Fields from the Texas Coalition, uh, which is fighting to get... Um, the craziness out of our schools. And, uh, you know, it goes with the Moms of America, Moms for Liberty. Uh, she's an activist. She's with Publica. It's a media group. Uh, she's hard-hitting. And she's a firecracker. So uh, oh, that should good. be good. And then I have some more stuff. So, yeah. So, yeah. so And again, that's part of that, uh, that whole culture war that we find ourselves kind of in the middle of, right? Texas yeah. is, is the battleground. Believe it. Everyone thinks Texas is so conservative. They're like under assault with thousands and thousands of trans activists. Yeah. And, but they did pass SB 14, which we'll get into. All right. Very good. So we'll do that. Of course, you can check out David's show every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Breaking point right here with David Zier on Real America's Voice. For right now, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll dive into that. We also got some clips I definitely want to get to, especially the uh, – where is it? Where is it? Eric Schmidt. On the Hill today, talking to the military. You're going to want to hear this. Very interesting stuff. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. We'll be back. Stay down.
from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, Tuesday night. Welcome back. And uh, I was distracted because of uh, Slick Rick doing, uh, you know, kind of hearkening back. You know, I, I mentioned the uh, the culture wars, and I thought it was the 80s, and, and Fran was able to dig out that the, uh, the milk commercial we played earlier is from, like, 1993. Um, but it still kind of makes you wonder. It's like, ah, oh, man, remember back then? Back then, things were kind of normal, right? Yes, very normal. Like, life was normal. Like, yep. up was up and down was down and the sky was blue. And you know, and, and then, girls were girls and men were men and sheep were scared. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah, you know, uh, but back then, um, it wasn't existential. You know, no. you, you didn't wake up and saying, oh, I'm going to die, you know, like, or, you know, you didn't worry about your life. And maybe it's because I was younger, too. I yeah. had three kids at 23 and I was like very optimistic about things, even though it was a struggle. And uh, I maybe when you're younger, you don't think about death as yeah. much. But yeah. um, I think it was a much less stressful time. And we were in the recession, 87 and 94, the peace dividend, 20 divisions down to 13, all the defense contract, Long Island went out of oh. business. You know, we stopped making all the great airplanes like the F-14, the A-10 Warthog and everything. And it was really tough here. 100,000 businesses went under. 47% right. of the uh, machinists lost their jobs out of you know, 125,000 jobs just in that category. So, like, it's different now. I, I, we have this, like, this uh, ball of stress around us all the time, I think. Yeah, right? definitely. And, and it, it's, it's funny because, you know, again, we're talking about the, I guess, the culture part of this, which is something we're all dealing with. On a regular basis, every single day. I mean, Rick covers it. I don't think there's a news uh, sports report that goes by without at least one story regarding, you know, the culture oh. of, of, you know, the men or men or women or women. Oh, women I got Rapino tonight. Right. And, and of course, Good we've Lord. seen it, how it infects our schools from, from you know, uh, it, they're trying to they're work it into the military. We have something on that, which I'll get to in a little bit. But also, uh, again, you know, trying to. Um, trick you, I guess is the best way to put it. Lie to you. Just lie to you. Just flat out, to your face, lie to you and say, this is real. I don't care what you say. And if you say it's not real, you're a racist. You're this, you're that, right? You, <laughs> exactly. Any ist word they can come up with. You're racist, fascist, right. whatever. fascist whatever Marxist, call, whatever. Whatever they call President Trump, they call us. Right. Like, the exactly. Daily Beast has been on the war path. Um, they're releasing an article on my friend. They're trying to destroy this guy. He's just a small businessman. They, they came after me. They are so vicious, the left yeah, now. It's beyond. Yeah. It's like beyond. It's another level. And, and again, it has nothing to do with truth and facts. It's all propaganda. It's all about shutting you up because they don't like what you say because what you say is going to end up resonating, which is why they go after Trump, right? I think we can agree with that. He he He... He calls them out to their crap, to their face, and they don't like it. Nobody's ever done that to them before, and they hate it. And what they hate most is the way people react to it because people are drawn to it. You can say what you want about an Andrew Tate, right? Very misogynistic. He says what he says. He believes what he believes. But they hate him for a reason because, yep. hey, stop telling men that they can be aggressive and be manly again. We don't like that. We want men to be girly and, and stuff like that. And then, like, I was, what, what kind of got this started was when Slick Rick in the break was talking about all in the family, right? Yep. You came. Oh, of course, Archie and yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, t- and talking about, you know, the characters on that oh. and how it played into the into the culture at the time, which was, you know, and that show was daring. I mean, some of this you can't make that show today. No. You can't make you can't make that show. You can't make the Jeffersons. You can't make uh, no. Sanford and Son. You can't make no. any of those shows today. And Norman Lear um, was a big liberal and the shows were trying to make the right appear to be um you know, uh, hateful and everything, but there was a comedic sense to it, and they also exposed the meathead as a jerk right. too on the yeah, left, right? right? Yeah, so exactly. It was and a you know little bit of balance. And what's crazy is the that Jeffersons. He's really that way even today. Oh yeah, right. Yes, he's Rob Reiner is he's still, still a meathead. meathead. Oh, he's still right. a meathead. He's, he's still a meathead. He's yep. out of control. And I'm sure he would be. A, oh. He would be right at home with uh, the way some of these people think. Oh. I'm going to go to uh, cut number four. Check this out from Columbia University. It's it's a comparison. You got Columbia University. Uh-huh. We're so smart. We're all the way up here. Everybody else, you're down there. Um, versus Harlem, and then the question is very simple. So cut number four. Aaron, go. Do you guys think men can get pregnant? Yes. It's yes. Yeah. It's of yes. course. It's can men get pregnant? Hell no. We're not f***ing, what's who call them? Seahorses. We not that. We are asking people if men can get pregnant at Columbia University, and then we're going to go to Harlem and ask the same question. Do you guys think men can get pregnant? If you identify as a man and you have the reproductive parts to get pregnant, then yeah, you can get pregnant. Like, it's a yes. I would say it's a yes. There's no other, no question. Someone that identifies as a man can have a uterus and, and potentially. <laughs> if like the man has the same body structure like women, like women with the like here, maybe he can pregnant. Yeah, if you're transgender. I, I believe like you can do the whole procedure. So you define your way into pregnancy, right? You can now. Yeah. You can, can now. Get pregnant. I want no part of this. Well, yes. Yes. Do you want any part of it? So that was Columbia, and this is Harlem, and we're going to ask the same question. Can men get pregnant? What do you guys think? Can men get pregnant? No, wait. Oh, no. Men cannot get pregnant. (laughs) Yes, because they don't got a uterus. Hello. They don't have uterus. A lot of people have been telling us they can. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's outrageous, bro, for men. We're here to, like, you know. Put the seed inside the female. Yeah. Not fucking, what's who call them? Seahorses. We not that. Yeah, we ain't no fucking seahorses. We f- They're smarter than you. Get them pregnant. Yeah. It's amazing. A lot smarter. Man, uh, man, man is not to have baby. God created woman and man to make baby. That's man. A lot of people have been telling us that men can get pregnant. Have you been hearing this at all? <laughs> no, I have. I have not. <laughs> you don't have a clue what they're talking about. No. Do you have any idea what they're talking about? No, not really. They're telling you that if a man has those parts, then they can get pregnant. That's what that's what they were saying. Really? Does that make any sense to you? No, not really. <laughs> no, they don't have a uterus, bro. You really can't. It, it, it don't make no sense to me. Only women do. So what's your opinion on that, that they think men can get pregnant? Uh, sounds kind of dumb to me. I'll uh, tell you what, what we've been hearing. <laughs> so they say that if a man has a uterus, has a woman's parts, then they can get pregnant. That's what they're telling me. Okay, okay, I guess that makes sense, but they would be a woman. <laughs> God is the creator of this world as far as I know. He made a woman and he made a man, and he made us for a purpose. Man is never going to have a baby, so people that's thinking like that are crazy, and you better know they're crazy. She should teach I'm at Columbia. <laughs> no doubt.
You know, Columbia, they're confused. They don't difference between a male uterus and a male urinal. That's yeah. the problem with those idiots. I, yeah, I exactly. have a friend who uh, is a nurse in a charter school in Nassau County in, here in Long Island, and the kids can register one, the parents can register the kid as one of five different sexes oh my in the school. And I don't know, did you cover the 38% of Brown University yes, students? Yes, we, we talked about that last time. Because again, oh my God. That, that's part of this whole thinking. And, and the stark uh, contrast between regular people, you know, and, and I, think, I think you said it best, she should teach at Columbia because those kids are wildly uneducated as to how the whole procreation works, how nature works, how the female, uh, you know, is part of the equation. The male is part of the equation. They don't swap places. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It can't ever happen. All of what you're talking about can't happen there, Columbia. So, um, you know, it's just amazing to see people just down to earth, the regular people still they, they remember. Oh, that's right. I learned this in school. That's right. Uh, uh, like the little kid in, uh, in uh, kindergarten cop. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. Right? That's Not anymore. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing. So, again, dealing with the, uh, the culture war on all of this stuff that's going on. And, and it, it, again, because you sit back and you realize that these are the people, and you look at those people in Columbia, and that's the problem. Those people in Columbia are going to have access to high-level jobs. Oh, yeah. Maybe. They're going to run the government. Sure. They're going to run everything. Right. But but those are the people that want to run everything. They're going to write right? the curriculum in our schools. Right. Like the people are doing it now. Um, and in that, in that story about the 38% of brown identifying as LGBT yes. in 2010, 86% identified as straight. Yes. It's almost up like 892% overall <laughs> between two, two, 2010 and today. The, the, the comparison. And, and that's why, and I've said it before, and it's just kids are struggling, right? Kids always struggle. We see it. If you weren't in a group in school, man, you wanted to be in a group. You wanted to be in a cool group. You wanted to be, hey, can I hang out with the, with the sports people? Or, or if I'm not cool enough, can I hang out with the football players? And the girls want to hang out with the cheerleaders. Or, or they wanted to hang out with the cool, you know, like the movie Mean Girls. Like they all had their cliques. And I think that's what happens is people don't find clicks, so they make up a click. When they make up, uh, that's where that's where the uh, LGBT community came in, and uh, you know we created a click. Like I, I I know for a fact there's kids in in the school local school where where our kids go, um, they're faking it. They're faking. They're, they're not real. You know, one kid's like, oh, I'm 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 bi. No, you're not. You've never been with a guy. Shut up. You're not bi. You never would be bi. So stop it. You just want to be part of the group. Listen, even if you were, you know, or you're confused, doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean you're necessarily going to be a gay guy. You right. know what I mean? I mean, right. 11, 12, 13 years old, they're hammering into these kids' brains that you can have sex with anybody you want. And um, it's really just evil. It's just evil. There's no place in the schools yeah. at all. And it reminds me of the story I came across yesterday. I don't know if I sent it to you, Slick Rick, about this girl, this woman. She wins a, a race, a national race. She becomes national champion. And she says, I'm now transgender. She, she, she now claims to be a transgender man. You didn't send that to me. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. She goes, because we needed a win. So basically, a woman wins a woman's race, but now claims that she's a transgender man. You can't make it up. Mental illness on display right there. Totally. It's amazing. So uh, anyhow, David Zia, <laughs> I know you wanted to uh, touch upon something before we got caught in this uh, culture cyclone. 
Yeah, um, I just can't believe what's going on here. Uh, I'll get into it a little more. But Sarah Fields, uh, she's a Christian constitutionalist. Uh, She's an elected uh, state delegate and director of the Texas Freedom Coalition. Uh, She's a veteran. She has a master of science in health and wellness, psychology, uh, really on point fighting the schools. You know, Texas passed SB 14 uh, in this last legislative session, and it bans the medical aspect of pediatric gender modification. Drag shows are also no longer allowed to happen in public, and what they say are family-friendly drag shows. And it bans CRT, um, but you know, in the schools, but they're backdooring it again because the SEL was social emotional learning. They're getting around it. And it's just like uh, the Supreme Court decision for race based affirmative action. They're getting around it. And I'm going to explain that uh, later. But, um, you know, citizen activism uh, has been working for a lot of uh, people in Texas. And, uh, you know, it's just a battle at the events. Uh, you know, there's like there's an army of people against them and they're just trying to push the um, transgender agenda on all of our children yeah. and the school boards. And she's fighting the school board. So she was really great. Really great. So she'll be on the show. All right. And that'll be uh, Saturday morning right here on Real America's Voice. Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Breaking point with David Zier. You can make sure you make your appointment to catch him right here on the network. In the meantime, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do some more news. We'll do some sports. We'll slick Rick. See what else he's got going on in his Red Rider outfit. Damn, he looks good. I hate he looks this good. <laughs> with the matching glasses. You Wait till you see his shoes later. That's, that's all I got to tell you. We'll take a quick break. More live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Stay there. Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, Tuesday night. Man, oh man, this first hour is flying by so far. David's ears sitting in. Slick Rick is going to have sports in just a little bit. But uh, before we get to uh, some news with David Zier, I wanted to, uh, uh, of course, Kamala was out today. Oh, you know that? That's she unfortunate. That's yeah. unfortunate. She's been out there since she got elected. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, she she had some wise words today when she was talking about uh, the Department of Transportation, transportation itself. Do you want to hear it? Of course. Of course. Of course yes. All right. Here we go. Can't LOL wait. of the day. Cut number five. Aaron, take it away. Now, pay attention. This is very important stuff. And I again want to thank the secretary for your work. Uh, This issue of transportation is fundamentally about just making sure that people have the ability to get where they need to go. There you go. Truer words never said. (laughs) Transportation, David Zier. It's about getting to where you need to go. Yeah. To India, over the bridge, (laughs) over the ocean. Captain Obvious on display for everyone to see. Uh, This is uh, what I think Ron DeSantis called the best uh, impeachment insurance ever. (laughs) Right? 
Because let's face it, nobody wants. Even I don't even think Kamala Harris wants to be president at this point because she's like, oh my god, I sound like an idiot. There's no way I can go out there. I think they're both going down. <laughs> you know what? We've talked about it. I think you're right. I I don't I don't think they make it. I don't know when it's gonna. I don't know what it's gonna look like. They it. Okay, I did have a prediction. It was a theory that they're going to at some point. Give him an opportunity to bow out gracefully, right? Because they're like, "Look, we'll make we'll make you look good, but you got to bow out. You're not going through with this because yeah, we can't afford this anymore." It's inevitable, right? So I think that's I think that's the way it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to get I don't think it's going to get ugly, so to speak. And unfortunately, because all we're talking about is the cocaine at the White House, uh, his stupid son, uh, now the grandkid that he doesn't acknowledge. We're not talking about the crimes. We should be talking about the crimes yeah. that he's he's implicated, that he's possibly implicated in. But unfortunately, I don't think they're going to allow that to be what takes him down. Well, they can't ignore it anymore. All the uh, stuff going on, and um, you know, the whistleblower, and you know, it's incredible. This guy comes out as a whistleblower, and then he gets indicted. Yeah. The next day, now, you know. Now, now, keep in mind, we covered that story yesterday when it broke about uh, Gal uh, Gal Luft yeah. is his name, right? He's uh, you know Israeli and American, has citizenship for both countries. Um, Played in the same world that these guys played in, making deals overseas with multiple countries and blah, blah, blah. Um, they're trying to get him as an unregistered um, foreign agent. In other words, you were, you were, you're, 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 you're doing work for another country. You're supposed to register that so they can keep track of what you're doing, pay attention to the money, blah, blah, blah. Make sure it's all on the up and up. Yeah. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, James Biden. Ashley Biden, no any Biden you can find, yeah. they're all done the same thing, and they all have not registered as, as foreign agents. And Joe Biden did it while he was vice president. That's against the law. Um, so, but this guy, let's go after, let's go after Gal Luft because, well, he's got the goods on us. And when and when they when they talk about what he did in terms of when he brought that information to the FBI, you remember what year that was? It wasn't 2021. It wasn't 2022. It wasn't even 2020. It was 2019 before Joe Biden announced he was going to run for president. More election interference. Yeah. And what did the FBI do? They buried it. And now the Biden DOJ is attempting to bury him. I see uh, Newsom, Michelle Obama on the horizon. (laughs) Really? You know what? We talked about each one of them. Their possibility. I think RFK is going to have a uh, little something to say about that. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people like what he has to say. Well, he, they do. Uh, but on the right, you know, he wants to put you in jail for, for being, uh, not being an environmentalist um, and uh, a couple other positions, a little crazy. But about 60% of him is uh, right on the money. Yeah. And for a Democrat, that's, that's not bad. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to vote for him. Um, but does he bring up some good points? Does, does he open some eyes? Does he make maybe... Does he reach out to those Democrats that are like, look, this isn't, this isn't my party anymore? You know what I mean? Those Democrats that we've heard that, that were walking Can away Can you from. ever see a Trump unity ticket? I could, actually. And, and the reason I say this, David, is because, and I've mentioned this before, is that Trump had that relationship with JFK Jr., right? Yeah. So he knows, he knows the family. But, I, th- I think yeah. he kind of knows them pretty well, right? RFK doesn't believe uh, in the um, SCOTUS decision on race-based admissions. 
you know, RFK Jr., which I think is a terrible position to take. It is a bad position. Like I said, you're not going to agree with everything. Yeah, it's true. But does he offer something that maybe the Trump campaign can use to their advantage? Pew Research says that 82% of U.S. adults said colleges should not consider race or ethnicity when deciding which students to accept. 82% of no, Americans. Of course. And that included 55% Hispanic of Hispanics, 47% of blacks. And you know what? I've got a great clip from Eric Schmidt we'll play in the next, uh, in the next segment that talks right about that when in dealing with the military. Because I think that's another aspect of where this stuff is, is where it shouldn't be. Right. It shouldn't be under consideration. It should be merit based. Best of the best. Right. That's what you want. That's what you want. Fighting your fighting your 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 wars for you. That's who you want doing your brain surgery for you. That's who you want cutting your hair. You just want the best one. You don't care what color they are. You don't care what language they say. As long as they understand, hey, just a little off the side, uh, you know, just be the best at what you're going to do for me. That's all we look for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we should expect. Speaking of the best, let's go to the best sports on the network. Okay, the only sports on the network. I'm talking about Slick Rick Sports. Oh God, with those <laughs> low-lying by... compliments. All I right. tried, I tried. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm brought to you by Mike Lindell's MyPillow. Go to MyPillow, use our code at checkout, take advantage of the great deals, and take advantage of the great shirt you get from us. Slick Rick, what do you got? I got a pillow for you. All right, here <laughs> we go. Stop the life out of me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hey, American League just drew first blood there in the uh, second inning there. End of two, the American League leads the National League one zip out in Seattle, the uh, summer of love land there. We're going to get to a story about the homeless there a little bit later. But, yeah, they're up one zip there. And, uh, well, let's get over to a couple of quick stories. What do we have? I got a little time there. Okay. Well, big upset today. Alina Svitolina stuns Igor Sviatek at Wimbledon. And Jessica Pagula also loses. ESPN News Services from earlier today. Top-seeded Igor Sviatek is out of Wimbledon. So, too, is American Jessica Pagula. I like Jessica. Too bad. But uh, Ukrainian wildcard Alina Svitolina, who we Returned to the tour in April after giving birth to her daughter last October, ousted the top seeded Sviatek on center court 7 5, 6 7, 6 2 on Tuesday to reach the semifinals at the All England Club for the second time in four years. Pagula's hopes of finally reaching the semifinals of a Grand Slam event were burst after the fourth seed failed to win another game after leading 4 to 1 uh, in the final set against Marketa Vondrasova, a left handed Czech player who reached the French Open final in 2019. Svitolina, who became just the third woman to defeat four major uh, champions in a Grand Slam event, will next face Vondrasova. So, heating up in Wimbledon. I know uh, uh, Novak Djokovic had also pulled out a very tough match. Four sets. He just closed out and won that. He's moving on to the semifinals as well. So, we'll have a, a, a more detailed report coming up in a little bit. And uh, what else we have today? Well, let's see. We got uh, well, we don't, we, uh, Megan Rapino says Dave Chappelle's joke or about trans people directly lead to violence. I'll get onto this a little bit more, but this is Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart. Retiring U.S. women's soccer star Megan Rapinoe is blasting critics of trans athletes as well as comedians such as Dave Chappelle saying that jokes about transgenders directly leads to violence against trans people. Rapinoe, who announced she's retiring from professional sports, well, now she's got a big mouth, right? At yeah. the end of the season, went after comedian Dave Chappelle in particular for making jokes about transgenderism, Fox News reported. Uh, so I'll get into it a little bit because I know we're running tight on time, Rick. But uh, that's a wrap in sports for this segment. We'll get into that a little bit later. Megan Rapino, We love her. All right. You got it. And if uh, she's got a problem with Dave Chappelle, 
Too bad Ralphie May still isn't around. Yeah. <laughs> that would have fixed that would have fixed her. God fixed rest her his soul. Very Absolutely. Good. Exactly. All right, live from Studio 6B. Quick first hour, hour number two, next on deck. In the meantime, hang tight with us. We'll see you in the chat live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Say that. From Studio 6B, Real America's Voice Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 470, Samsung 1029, Samsung TV Plus, I should say, Channel 1029. You can also find us on all the socials as well. Remember to follow LFS6B in the Getta chat. Why don't we do a little roll call? Get it rolling right now for us. If you uh, know where you live, if you're in the Getter chat, Send it to us. Also, tell us uh, how you're watching the show, whether it's, you know, through the Getter Chat. A lot of people like to watch it on the uh, Getter app, which is cool. Uh, you can watch it on the Real America's Voice website. You can watch it, of course, on all those uh, platforms that we're on. So let us know which one you're watching on. I think my favorite still is the uh, the Samsung TV Plus. I don't know. I, I just... That's a that's a hot uh, I, outlight. No yeah, question about it. That platform a, is big. It's got a great yes. picture. I see yeah, a lot fantastic. of people watching it on the uh, yep. honest. And it days. doesn't have a lot of interruptions. Right. I bought and, a 75 inch from them uh, earlier this year. Beautiful picture. Yeah. Love it. And, and it's and it's amazing to have all that right at your fingertips for it. So you don't have to really dig for it. So right. I'm kind of I'm shilling for Samsung, but I'm a big fan because yeah. what they do yeah. there in terms of that TV Plus thing, I think is is so it's like it's almost like you don't need like cable or anything. It's like oh, I, I can just use it. I don't even need I don't need any of the other ones either. Right. Because Rick. they have so many. My dog watches uh, Lucky Dog every day. I put it on for him. <laughs> Harrison, here you go. Watch Lucky Dog while I'm out of the house. He's I canceled cable tree. a year uh, ago. But Sparks Philly, Samsung and get a live chat from Lancaster, Ohio. Checking in just 23 seconds ago. We're right on top of this here. <laughs> Let's see. Getter and Pluto, Gatlin, Tennessee. Gatlin, uh, the Gatlin Sioux boys. Falls. Ed checking in from Las Vegas. Sheboygan, uh, Wisconsin. Hello from Buckeye, Arizona. Pinton Hills, California. Cabot, Arkansas. Just people all the places I've never heard of. Yeah. Florida uh, Sun Goddess checking in from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Florida Sun Goddess. Mm, here it hey. is. Uh, SSGT Arby out of Davik oh, Philippines, City. baby. The Philippines. That's my yes. man. I was it shouting them out yeah. last night. Oh, you Come did? On, okay. I thought it was. A, I thought show. we had another <laughs> Philippines person. He said earlier he was watching <laughs> Breaking Point from the I Philippines. Told you. Really? He stole the yeah. sriracha last night. What are you talking about from Philippines? <laughs> Middletown, Ohio. People loving the. Uh, the Sam Monroe, Michigan. Loving the Samsung TV Plus. Yeah, again, it's. Uh, yeah. It, we're, we're available so many ways, which is kind of awesome, which, uh, you know, Real America's Voice has gotten us all over the place. So we appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, every time you guys check us out, we appreciate it. So thank you. Woodstock, Georgia. Never heard of Woodstock, Georgia. Never heard of Priest River, Idaho. I hear Idaho's an awesome state, though. Oh, yeah. A buddy of mine out That's of Arizona, he, he, he does a motorcycle trip. I think he's done it a few times where they've actually, you know, taken their motorcycle. And it's, you know... Not on the road. It's it's through it's through you know through trails. Well, they yeah. go all the way up to Idaho, 
It's wow. amazing, amazing. I've seen some of the pictures that, whole, that they send, and it's just amazing stuff. The whole Midwest corridor is just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, no exactly. Question. So before the break, we were talking, uh, David, we were talking about that the, you know, and you had mentioned the, the different, uh, you know, with, um, how, how do I phrase it? Um, backdooring the policies. Yeah, the backdooring yeah, policies yeah. that everybody loved on the Getter Chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, it could be used for uh, the racial quotas. It could be used right. for the nominations to the military, uh, for joint chiefs, um, right? Yeah, and, and and again, you see it infecting all parts of our culture. Whether you know whether it's teachers who are you know they have to now they look for certain things. They check your profile, make sure you didn't vote for anybody they don't approve of. They want certain people in certain positions because they have a certain narrative that they want to push, and that was the basis of this questioning. And again, when you're talking about CRT, I mean, that's something that doesn't belong in schools. If you're going to teach a kid to be racist, yeah, we don't need that. Yeah. I think we need to get that out of, uh, get that out of all the schools. I agree. Uh, and we need to you know, divorce ourselves from those types of policies. Unfortunately, it's infected everything. And Eric Schmidt on the Hill today questioning Air Force General C.Q. Brown, who is a Joint Chiefs nominee. He wants the job. Um, he's an Air Force general. Um, asking him about this, and this is something that the general wrote down, I guess, in his uh, in his uh, application for trying to get this job. Cut number two, Aaron. Go, Thank and we we'll, we'll might be stopping along the way here. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, good morning, General. General, do we have too many white officers in the Air Force? Just listen to that question. Senator, what I really look at is the quality of all the officers that we have, and, and, and we look at the, the aspect of everyone who's qualified, um, meets, uh, meets the qualifications, uh, is, is promoted. And what well, I, I would agree with you, but that, that, is, that answer is not consistent with your August 9th memo. In your August 9th memo, you said that you signed on to that there should be a reduction, essentially, of about 9% of the white officers. That's 5,400, we have 5,400, you know, too many white officers. All right, pause it there for a second. Because, so basically what this nominee, the CQ Brown is advocating for is because he wants to fire 5,400 officers based on what? Job performance? No. Uh, skin color. I believe that would, uh, if some people were to look at that, David, what would they, what, what, what word would they use to describe that? Um, a lie, you know. Uh, uh, how about racist? Is that a yeah? Word? Because right now there's a 67 percent of the officers in the military are white, so we take away another nine percent. Now blacks make up 12 percent of the population, so if you want to look at it like that, which I don't think it should, it should probably no. be merit based, right. exactly, and maybe reflect somewhat what you know what the uh, demographics are. But uh, yeah. It's a lie. All right, let's continue. And this is the real impact, I think, of this desire of the administration. I'm saddened to see this in this memo of this, of this obsession with sort of race-based politics being interjected into our military. How did you come up with the percentage of 67.5% of the officers should be white? And how did you come up with 13% should be black? And how did you come up with 10% should be Asian? And how did you come up with 1.5% should be American Indian and native Alaskan? How did you come up with 1% being native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander? And how did you come up with 15% of our officers should be Hispanic or Latino? 
Senator, that is based on the, uh, that memo is on application goals, not the actual makeup of the force. That wasn't a question. And those, those numbers are based on uh, the demographics of the nation. Okay, well, all right. There's 10% of our country is Asian American. So is that, is that, the, is that where you came up with it, just a, just a percentage of the population? Uh, essentially. Because right now the actual percentage, I mean, this is, this is where this is a ridiculous conversation, to be perfectly honest, because the, why didn't you come up with or are you going to come up with the percentage of the overall force? Did you contemplate that? Of how many, you know, black Americans should be in the Air Force? Or how many Asian Americans should be in the Air Force? Did you contemplate the total force percentages? Senator, what we looked at was the aspect of providing opportunities for anybody who wants to serve. Listen, I, if that were the case, listen, um, if that were what was in this memo, I wouldn't be asking you these questions. But we have in a memo signed by you that you think right now there are too many white officers. Um, and, and this is a blanket statement. And so I could go down the line of questioning of which of the 5,400 white officers that we have too many should be fired. Because that is the actual impact of all this. I agree with you. Your story about wanting to be the best pilot in the Air Force, regardless of race, that is what the military is supposed to be. It's this great meritocracy. It's why there's uniforms and haircuts. And, I, and I've heard so many of my colleagues talk about, you know, infusing abortion politics into this. That is exactly what's wrong. This administration has infused abortion politics into our military, COVID politics into our military, DEI politics into our military, and it is a cancer on, a, on a, the best military in the history of the world. Those men and women deserve better than this. This idea that they have to go through these struggle sessions with DEI training, because trust me, I believe that we ought to have the broadest pool of applicants and get the best and the brightest, and we ought to be recruiting in, in various areas to make sure we have the best and the brightest from every community, regardless of your race or your gender or your ethnicity. But that's not what DEI is. DEI is a ideology based in cultural Marxism. And somehow, some way, we ended up in a place where a general in the Air Force is advocating for racial quotas, whether it be by applicants or the number of officers, or maybe the, the total unit. And I just think that's wrong. I think that's the wrong approach. You have had a distinguished career, and I thank you for your service. I just don't know how we can continue to have leadership that advocates for this divisive policy. And so I'll ask you also, there have been 8,500 military men and women fired because they chose not to get a vaccine if confirmed, what would you do to go out, not just they can reapply and there's a process, to go out and recruit these folks back? What would you do to do that? What would you do to accomplish that? It, Senator, if confirmed, I'd provide them the opportunity to reapply. I just oh, don't think great. that's good enough. I that's heard that nice. from uh, Secretary Austin. I just don't think that's good enough. We did a great disservice to this country by firing people because they made that decision. I think they ought to be reinstated with rank and back pay. I have not heard that from anybody that's come before this committee. And I'm saddened by that. I, I think I'm out of time, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, wow. Senator Schmidt. Senator Duckworth, yeah. please. Again, uh, Senator you, Eric Schmidt, General you know, Brown. with his questions there. Well, what about all the thousands of um, 
personnel that were fired over the vax in the military. Where is that discussion from this guy? Well, yeah, that, that's, know, so. that's what it was bringing up. It's like, how do yeah. we get these people back and how do we get them back the right way? Not, oh, you can reapply. Well, they shouldn't have been fired in the first place. Now, Tuberville is holding up the hearings because they want to fly people who want abortions to states um, that allow abortions. If they're based in a state that doesn't, they want to pay for their airfare, I think. So it's like, you know, what's going on? Yeah, it's insane. It's just insane because like this guy did. There were no there were no quotas for him to become an F-16 pilot. I read a little bit more about him, and I saw some more stuff that he said. He wanted to be the best pilot there was. He didn't want to be the best black pilot. These were his words. He wanted to be the best F-16 pilot. Now, according to him, that shouldn't be available to anybody else. You need to be now divided. We need just the best black F-16 pilot yeah. and the best uh, white F-16 and the best Asian F-16 pilot and the best gay F-16 pilot. No, it's the best I, pilot because when you're on a mission, you don't want you don't want to care about what this guy looks I like, think, what he uh, believes, right? Exactly. The Army is down 25% recruitment right now. Wow. And um, the only branch that's holding its own is the Marines um, recruitment. Yeah. So. And again, Tuberville's holding that up, right? He's not yeah. he's not letting any of these appointments go through. Good for him. He needs to hold the line on that because yeah, he, it's about 600 or so uh, people. I, th- I think or, it's right? even more. Is than it that. more than that? I think it was like in the nines. I don't remember. Which, which again, you know, uh, you know, say what you want. Tuberville, you know, you may not agree with him on everything, but he seems to be coming through here. He's holding the line, which needs to be done. It's a it's big ally military. of Trump. He was out in Michigan when I was there uh, supporting Trump. And again, you know, making the great point, it's not about skin color. It's not about, oh, your your life's, uh, you know, what you experience in your life. It's who is the best person for that job. I don't want a guy who barely got into school because of his, the, the color of his skin or his economic, uh, you know, uh, background being the one who's going to crack my head open and fix my brain if something happens. And believe me, something's happened. Anyhow. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more. We'll do some more sports. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Stay there. music that means that means something could be bad bad happening we're talking about emergencies and we're talking about emergency food folks if you don't think you need emergency food think again the government recently revealed the truth about the upcoming food shortages i mean we've reported about a ton planes flying into uh you know, <laughs> food processing plants. According to the USDA, fully one-third of America's annually planted crops, crops won't be harvested this season, and severe droughts and fertilizer shortages have wiped them out. That means food is going to be scarce and expensive. Is your family prepared for that? Are you prepared for that? If not, now is the time to stock up on emergency food with My Patriot Supply at discount 
prices. Go to preparewithrav.com and you will save big on each four-week emergency food kit you'll need for your family. You'll get breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks that will keep everyone going strong if there is a sudden emergency where you need some food. Best of all, this food is delicious and your whole family will love it. Act now to save big on a four-week kit that you'll need. Just go to preparewithrav.com. That's preparewithrav.com. You'll also get free shipping as well. And what could be easier? You just go online. Go to preparewithrav.com. You'll never forgive yourself if you let your family suffer when things go bad. So go to preparewithrav.com and prepare for that emergency with the people that will take you through it. My Patriot Supply. Slick Rick, how are you, my friend? Doing good tonight, Rick. <laughs> David Zier is here as well. He's got some. Uh, he's got some some stuff on Ben Berkwam in the border. We'll get to in just a little bit. But first, let's do some sports with Slick Rick. What do you got for us, Slick? All right, All-Star Game update from Seattle. Right now, we are in the top of the fourth inning with the American League leading the National 1-0. Pitches duel right now, uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. A big game tonight out in Seattle. The summer of love, right? Back in the day, we remember that great story. But uh, let me get back to that Megan Rapino, dave Chappelle story that I touched on a little bit yeah. earlier. Uh, I was halfway through a Warner Todd Houston, a Breitbart story, and uh, Rapino uh, has also uh, denied claims by many that a man claiming to be a woman takes the place of a real woman when they try to compete as a female. In her interview, Rapino said she thinks transgender women are real women. Uh, you are taking a real woman's place. That's the part of the argument that's still extremely transphobic. I see trans women as real women. What you are saying automatically in the argument, you are sort of telling on yourself already. If you uh, don't believe these people are women, she piously exclaimed. Therefore, they are taking the other spot. I don't feel... Uh, she's just... You know, she's a looney tune, that Rapino. She really yeah. She always was. Huge leftist there with the U.S. Olympic team. Unfortunately, a lot of young girls look up to this woman, right? Star in the Olympics, uh, you know, great sports uh, soccer player, but uh, really just crazy. But, you know, you know, she's upset about, uh, obviously, Dave Chappelle's comments about transphobic. But I wonder if Rapino took issue a few years ago when comedian Kathy Griffin posted that violent and gruesome faux Trump decapitation photo. But that was okay back then. I didn't right. hear her come out about that. So no. it's amazing the uh, different levels of acceptance that these people have. So, yeah. you know, just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Uh, we, we know Dave Chappelle. We love Dave on the show, yeah. of course. And, and let's face it, when it comes to comedy, look, if if you can't laugh at everybody, then laugh at nobody and stay home. Exactly. You know yeah. what? Because... It, it, Everybody gets made fun of. That's the point of comedy, to look at look at things and be able to call out things that are, you know, let's face it. Some people might find it uncomfortable. But, hey, if you can't laugh at the obvious, then you've got a problem. You're the problem. Absolutely. So. And, uh, well, we remember Aaron Hernandez, that whole story. Well, his brother Derek ordered rearrested on charges of throwing a brick at ESPN, which is not a oh, bad geez. move. Uh, AP report. <laughs> a judge has ordered the rearrest of former UConn football player Dennis Hernandez after he failed to appear in court last week on charges related to throwing a brick at the ESPN campus in Bristol, Connecticut. The 37-year-old, who was known as DJ Hernandez when he played quarterback and wide receiver at UConn in the mid-2000s, was originally arrested in March 
Police said he went to ESPN in a car, possibly an Uber, and threw a bag containing a brick and a note over a fence and uh, onto the property before leaving. The note said to all media outlets, it's about time you all realize the effect media has on all family members. Since you are a world leader, maybe you could lead how media and messages are delivered brick by brick. Clean it up. Yours truly, Dennis J. Hernandez. Hernandez, the older brother of the late New England Patriot player Aaron Hernandez, who's scheduled to enter a plea on July 7th to a misdemeanor charge of breach of peace. He did not show up for the uh, court appearance. And of course, we remember the story. Uh, his younger brother, Aaron Hernandez, uh, a tight end for the Patriots, killed himself back yeah. in 2017 in a prison cell while serving a murder sentence. Uh, you know, he was actually a very good tight end there. He made it to the NFL, played with the great Tom Brady uh, on a couple of championships. Very, very sad story uh, what happened with the brother there. But uh, well, he, could, he couldn't is. get himself out of the gang, the no. gang life. It's like, look, dude, you just made it. Like you said, right. you Move made on. it to the NFL. Yeah, you've done what what most people will never do. Never. You got to leave something, you know, and you got to accept the fact that, hey, certain things in your life, you got to leave them behind. Exactly. Especially gang activity. That's not, that's not going to work. It's, it's just not going to work. Not going to work. Not going to work. Well, <laughs> and a score update. Uh, the National League has just tied the All-Star game one-to-one for those who are following at home. And that's a wrap in sports, Rick. Back All to right. you. Well, thank you, Slick. We'll do some more sports in just a little bit. And again, sports always brought to you by Mike Lindell's MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com. Use our code at checkout. Not only do you save a great uh, amount of money from your MyPillow products, but then you get a free T-shirt from us as well. All you got to do is send us the uh, receipt. Nice. And, of course, Damon will turn around and send you the – this time we're doing a, the shirt of the month. It's the shirt of the month club. It's the gift that gives all year long. Right. That's it. There you go. So grab your shirt, the individual free thinker shirt, and uh, that can be yours just by sending in your stuff absolutely free. And you don't have to just order that shirt. You could order a oh, yeah. rodeo shirt. You rodeo could order shirt. what even is that shirt. There's a lot of great yeah. shirts that we have. I mean, the Studio 6B shirts are phenomenal as well. So Or know. a hat. Yeah. Or hey, a listen, nice. order more than one. Come yeah. on. There's a lot of fun. Yeah, and then the holidays are coming up. Yes, that's right. Maybe you could buy one and send it to David's ear and say, David, wear this for me. Right. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Sign it. Sign <laughs> it. Sign it. <laughs> Speaking of David, David, I know you were talking with Ben Burkwam. What's going on at the border? Because you know you had had a you had a great discussion with uh, the gentleman from Newsmax regarding Ben Burkwam. The respect that I think that Ben has garnered from just about everybody in this industry, right? Well, there's no better coverage coming from the border from guys like him, uh, from Ben and uh, <clears throat> Jason Jones. And, uh, you know, Todd Benzman, these guys are awesome. Um, but Biden is making illegal immigration legal. And this new CPB one mobile app is making illegal immigration legal. They're making it as if there aren't as many illegal crossings. Now they're inviting them to the ports of entry. And I interviewed Ben. I don't know if I have time to get into all of it in this block, but, um, you know, they're changing the definition. They're allowing people who uh, otherwise wouldn't be allowed in. And um, what's going on is uh, really crazy because uh, Biden and DHS uh, Secretary Mayorkas, Democrats, have made it look like the illegal immigration is down. They're claiming they'll enforce Title Eight and versus Title 42, which went away. Right. But Title Eight gives jail sentences if you return within like five years if you get uh, thrown out of the country. Mm-hmm. But all they have to do is to appeal their deportation. So these guys are in here, you know, for four, five, six, seven years. Ben is saying, you know, before they're ever going to get a hearing, if they have one at all. And 
and um, you know what what's going on is the CPB One app is very accessible, and you know they're giving money through the United Nations, through the United States, through the United Nations cash cars to these guys on the way up, and then when they get here and they get into the country, they're receiving welfare, housing, and public benefits and cash and stuff like that, and uh, the CPB One app is scheduling these appointments, uh, but they, they're they're just it's it, they're admitting. Burkwam says that there have been five to six million apprehensions and gotaways just since Biden took office. But he's saying you got to double that number. He's in right. touch with CPB uh, agents on the ground and says they're missing half of the numbers coming across the border. And he trusts the agents more than the government. Um, but, you know, in the end, you know, they're shifting this paradigm to make it look like it's controlled. So they come here and they're still here illegally. Right. You know, but they're making them under a legal status and um, they're getting around it. And it's the same thing going on with a race-based admissions decision in SCOTUS. They're getting around the decision. Yeah. And they're using the app to kind of, kind of pull one over on everybody. Right. hundred percent. Absolutely. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. All right, man. Oh man. Oof. Do you have that clip from, uh, do we have that clip from Ben? If so, we'll, we'll go to it. If not, we've got a bunch of other stuff. Stay there, live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. We'll be back. If you did the right thing during COVID and you did the tough thing, then you know what's coming up. It's the people from Consumer Tax Advocate who are here to help you. You paid your people, you pulled yourself through the business and the pandemic, and now doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds, believe it or not, are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. And this is not a loan, so you don't have to pay it back. The program is complicated, but nobody knows more about this than the CPAs and tax experts at covidtaxrelief.org. Call them up and find out for yourself and see how they can help you out. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get with you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including nonprofits and churches. They can qualify, including those who took PPP loans. Even if you had an increase in sales, you could qualify as well. Again, you did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let covidtaxrelief.org help you get up to $26,000 per employee back. Visit covidtaxrelief.org. That's covidtaxrelief.org. covidtaxrelief.org and see what they can do for you. And, uh, you know, when you talk about COVID, there's a lot of news, David, coming out about COVID. Uh, the, some of the studies long, that are coming out, some of the evidence that is now coming out, right? Long vax. Long vax. People that are, are being exposed. More um, more illnesses. Uh, that are that are starting to show up in people. I heard about some of that today. I don't think we've got. A, I don't think I got anything to go into that. Uh, hopefully tomorrow we can dive into some of that um, because there are a lot of things that are affecting people now that they didn't see uh, recently. My doctor told me. Um, the nurse at my doctor's office told me that blood clots exploded yeah. 16 months after the vax. Not only that, I, I keep seeing this stuff for high schools. High schools, oh, get your, get your kid's heart checked. Why? When have I ever seen that? Have you, can you recall ever seeing 
an advertisement to, hey, school's coming up. Make sure you get your kid's heart checked. I've never seen that before. Never. Never. The worst thing you heard about was a kid getting a fastball to the chest, maybe right. dying on the mound or yeah. something. Or getting hit in the head. Very or rare. Bad Very rare. Right. Extremely rare. And, and then, of course, you know, uh, I, I, did you guys see, um, speaking of sports and schools and stuff like that, um, Ice Cube. We've been talking about Ice Cube the last couple of days, right, Slick? About, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. because he runs the uh, Big Three Basketball League. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, of course. And Every- he lost out on a big payday for a movie, about $9 million, because he said, no, I'm not taking the shot. Nope. Not, uh, he goes, I'm not anti-vax. That's he right. goes, you know, I've been around 50 years. I've been vaccinated. It's just, it took 50 years of research for them to get to me for the other stuff. Uh, this stuff came too quick. Yep. His life's worth more than $9 million, trust yeah. me. Exactly. As is all of us. Right. And I think he's been collaborating with Rogan and Joe he's, Rogan. Yeah, I just saw an yeah. interview with Rogan that he did. He's, no. d- he's been getting out there doing some, some other uh If Joe Rogan well. didn't call Trump people morons, I'd uh, get behind him. You yeah, know. well, we'll see. You know what? They were, they were, they were kind of chummy at the uh, UFC yeah. fight, oh, right? They took a lot of crap about that. Uh, there was a lot on social media about him and who's a Guy Fieri. Uh, yep. They got a lot. Just for, just for saying hello to President Trump. Right. Oh, they canceled. Culture came out. How could they? I mean, these people are out of their minds. They really are. But you saw that, that story on that, right? They got yeah. a lot of heat yeah, exactly. on social media. Exactly. Ridiculous. Uh, and Wahlberg, too. The Wahlbergs, they said hello, oh, too. Yeah. Oh, they got crushed, too. Everybody gets it. crushed. That's they, they, they don't want anybody career. talking to the president. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, I'm an acquaintance of Arthur Wahlberg, uh, one of the brothers, and uh, big Trumper. Yep. Big Trumper. Are. Yeah. And, and you know what's another amazing? So, so they don't want you to talk to certain people. This is the accepting left. This is the progressive left, the liberal, the Marxists we're talking about. Oh, you can't talk to that person. We don't agree with what they think. Um, but also, and we started to talk a little bit about this last night, David, the attack. Literally, it's now an attack on the movie Sound of Freedom. They are just attacking from well, all angles. Well, it made $40 million its first week. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's putting mm. Hollywood on its head. Um, if you haven't seen it, you have to. It's life-changing. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that. I meant to go see it last weekend. I ran out of time. I got to get to things. see it, too. I have yeah. to. I know. I really because, want to. And you said you saw it, right? I did. I saw it the first day on Monday. Uh, July 3rd came out. Blew you uh, away, right? It blew us away. My mother's in studio. Hello, Marie. Mom, how are you? Uh, We saw it together. Um, We were glued to the seat. But, you know, they finally got the formula right. You know, uh, they made a really good movie that shows the truth about what's going on. Uh, And, uh, you know, and and that's some of the problems uh, on on the right. You know, you have a lot of movies. um, They don't, they don't, they appeal to people and people go see them. But this was like, this was like up there with any movie any movie ever and it was more meaningful than any movie ever probably except for passion of the christ so um really incredible yeah and what's amazing too is when you start to look into the backstory of what it took them to get this thing released that disney owned it they own the rights to it and were intent on never letting it see the light of day that's how crazy that is when you think about that then they finally were able to buy the rights they took it i think to uh to Netflix, they turned it down. Amazon yep. turned it down. Like everybody else turned it down. And finally, through crowdfunding, they were able to get this thing released. But don't worry, because CNN, they're right there. They're on the attack. They want to make sure that nobody else goes to see this movie because guess what? It's all queuing on. Hulu 
And and these <laughs> other things, even Netflix, they have the most demented stuff. Yeah, they have the the sickest toilet humor. Kids exposed to you know uh, pre adolescent adolescent sex. I mean, it's like they got the biggest crap right. on there. And then you get a movie like this that uh, you know is hard hitting. Um, yeah, they, they don't want to go see this, but Netflix, oh, if you want to go see Cuties, you know, about oh, yeah. how he exp- oh. exploited these little girls, go That's and see crazy. that. This is great. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. Check this out. Cut number one as CNN attacks the movie Sound of Freedom. Go, Aaron. And you seem pretty familiar with him because he doesn't really hide his association with this real wild plot uh, that that involves, you know, drinking the blood of children and things like that. No, he doesn't hide it at all. And you have a lot of people who are in this world of QAnon who say, oh, they don't know what that is. They've never heard of it. They're just asking questions. With somebody like Jim Caviezel, he is openly embracing it. He's openly using its catchphrases and its concepts. He's speaking at QAnon conventions. And his film is being marked. So he's using their catchphrases like... Child sex uh, trafficking—that's that's a that's a, yeah. a catchphrase. You, it's a buzzword. you didn't know that, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a buzzword. Did you see the video? I think was it a Brazilian guy? He had a twelve-year-old girl yes. in, a suitcase, in a suitcase dragging her. Yes. Uh, you know, all this stuff, it, but is it's out fake, there. but right. it's fake, but it's fake, but they want to just make it. Oh, it's, you know, let's delegitimize it. Cause it's QAnon. You can continue on here with this idiot. Uh, Mike Rothschild. To either specific QAnon, QAnon believers or to people who believe all of the same tenets as QAnon, but claim they don't know what it is. And the sound of freedom does focus on a real issue of sex trafficking. Uh, but that theme, well, let's not talk about it, it's sort of like that kernel of truth that feeds the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, tell us how those two things work together. Sure. And the most durable and the most believable conspiracy theories are not entirely false. There's something in them that is true and the rest of it is false. But the believers point to the one true thing and they say, oh, you don't believe that this particular thing is true. In terms of child trafficking, we know trafficking is real. We know it has real victims. No one is denying that. But these films are created out of moral panics. They're created out of bogus statistics. They're created out of fear. And with something like Sound of Freedom, it specifically is looking at QAnon Concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run Not by zero. the high-level elites, and only people like Tim Ballard, and only people like Jim Caviezel, and by extension, only people like the ticket buyer can help bring these trafficking rings down. So there's a very participatory element. All right. You're not just going to see a movie; you're just killing two hours on a hot day. You are helping bring down these these pedophile rings and save children. Now, it's not true, but it's a very comforting and it's a very warm feeling to have. Now I support censorship. Get this moron <laughs> off of TV. Yeah. I mean, to, what, he's defending pedophiles yeah. and pedophilia and trafficking. Yeah. Somebody has to, right? You know, that, it has nothing to do with QAnon. It, I've never heard Jim Caviezel ever mention anything like it or no. about it. Nobody goes to QAnon but events. I don't subscribe to QAnon. Yep. There aren't, you know, this is crazy. But that's how they, deval- you know, they de- devalidate it. You know, this is exactly what they're up to. Yeah, they they attack it and, yeah. and they say it's and again they'll attach that dog whistle word. Oh, it's QAnon. Oh, that means it's not real. These people are crazy, right? Because yep. that's how that's how they have to convince them that oh, this child sex trafficking. I don't 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 really look the at whole that. beginning of the movie. Not to give it away. Spoiler alert. Turn mute your thing. But the yeah. whole beginning of the movie is video of children being abducted around the world. Yeah, snatched thrown onto the back of motorcycles, thrown into waiting vans. It's real. It's real. 
Yeah, this is like a, and I think we we talked about that too. Where it's is it closed circuit video where where they they're capturing this stuff and putting it as part of the beginning of the movie, so you know it's real. It's not just something that Hollywood created, right, David? It's uh, you know the fact that it took five years to get it relief is all the proof you need. Yeah, exactly. It's just, but again, they try and they try and attack it. They try and frame it as oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Um, the only reason these people don't want you talking about it is because uh, maybe their friends are involved. You know, Good I mean, thing. I mean, look at the look at the Epstein list. We still don't have. I think it all goes anybody, back to that. Anybody. Bill Clinton flew twenty six times on the Lolita Express, fifteen times or so. He dumped the Secret Service on an island filled with thirteen to seventeen year old girls that were, you know. And I think it all comes back to that. And um, you know, we'll never know the truth about that. So, but it actually goes deeper because there are a lot of people involved. I mean, look what happened with J.P. Morgan Chase. But I'm saying, like, why are the celebrities fighting it? Right. You know, why why was Hollywood fighting this? Because it's all their you know? friends. We, we've all heard the stories. We well, all, you know, it, it might, it's part of it. What's crazy no is that there, there's a, there's an old um, interview with Mel Gibson where he talks about like the, his first experience when he showed up in Hollywood. He said it was a, he said it was the weirdest thing. Some of the weirdest things. He didn't think any of it was real until he stayed a little longer. He's like, oh my god, these people are these people are sick. Oh yeah, it's sick. Yeah. My friend got out of Hollywood. He was in a lot of movies. He was in like 41 movies. And uh, I can't, I don't want to say his name, but he left because of the depravity and the debauchery from his Hollywood friends. And he couldn't, he couldn't deal with it anymore. Moved to St. Louis. It's amazing. He's sick. But again, you don't see any of those people. Uh, Epstein's dead. Ghislaine's in jail. You got, you got the girls are being paid off. Tens and, and some and in some instances hundreds of millions of dollars yep. to shut them down. You got Prince Andrew basically banished from his family, but you have nobody in jail for actually assaulting, committing the crimes that these girls said that they that were perpetrated upon them. Well, Ghislaine did it. Ghislaine did it. She put them in the room with Epstein at, at 16, 18 years old, 16, 17 years old. High school students from the Palm Beach area. Yeah. She recruited them actively, and they were underage. And what's crazy, too, is that they always keep circulating. I don't know if you, if you see it when you're online. Um, all, the, all the Marxists left this. Oh, look at this picture of Trump and, and Epstein from, like, 1992. <laughs> and that's it. They've got 30-year-old pictures, and that's all they can use because they have nothing relevant because after, you know, and we know the story, after Trump found out that this, uh, this scumbag Epstein, I guess, hit upon one of the girls at, at, at Mar-a-Lago, he banned them and kicked them out. And basically, he said, you're persona non grata. He, he, you know, he kind of did the old mafia thing. You're dead to me. Right? The amazing thing is I go to stores, and they're talking about Barbie. Oh. And they're not talking about this movie. <laughs> they're not talking about this movie. They're talking about a movie nobody, I don't think anybody really wanted to see. Yeah, Barbie. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Is that the end of the show? Rick? Oh, my goodness. we got one more segment left. All right. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Stay there. Live 
live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, Tuesday night. Man, oh man, we've covered a bunch of stuff. The show has flown by. I apologize if we haven't been in the chat more often. It's just been a lot of stuff to get to. But I do have to mention, we got this message. Um, Paul is fine. Everybody asking in the chat, Paul Nolan is fine. Right. He's good. He's got personal things he's doing. He's been he's been a little too busy. He's fine. Don't worry. He wasn't fired. He's okay. Sometimes he checks in in the chat, believe it or not. Yep. And if you're lucky enough when he's in there, you can say hi to him. But that's it. That's all. Very good. Right? Yep. Very good. We not like the Beatles. Yes, we Paul is dead. It's we, not, that's not the case. We eliminated a conspiracy <laughs> yes. theory. Yep. Now let's go Paul back. Paul is to, alive and well. Exactly. Aliens and Bigfoot? Eh, we're not still sure of. We're looking forward to Paul coming back to the show. I exactly. think he'll be back uh, soon enough. Exactly. So there you have it. Make sure you uh, give your love to Rabmont too if you are in the chat. Um, hey, let's do the. Uh, we, got, we got time. Where is it? Where is it? I got my paper here. Uh, WTF of the day. The Prime Minister of Canada shows off uh, why he's so smart. Go, Aaron. I'm crazy. When we got elected, the very first thing we oh, did Jesus. Look at was raise taxes on the wealthiest 1% so we could lower them for the middle class. We put an end to Stephen Harper's failed experiment with trickle-down theory. Unfortunately... Oh. Oh. We see the Conservative Party continuing to look at tax breaks for the wealthiest, cutting programs for the most vulnerable, and hoping that trickle down this time, after decades of it not working everywhere else, will suddenly start to work. That's not going to happen. We've demonstrated that you grow an economy from the bottom up and the middle out. We've worked forward a Canada Child Benefit that has lifted over half a million kids out of poverty across this country. There you have it. That was worse than Dukakis with the tank helmet. <laughs> it really was. It's right An up there. That's a blast from the past. Oh, my God. <laughs> Canada's version. Of, it's, cow, it's Cowboy Joe Biden from Canada. Ask our chat oh, how the man. Texans feel about that. Oh, my goodness. What a te- what a, stupid what belt buckle. awful, awful human. Not only that, trickle-down economics is not real. It's not a real theory. Look it up. Nobody teaches it. It's not a real theory. It's a talking point from the left. Thomas Sowell has proven this over and over again. He challenged people on it. Nobody ever took him up on it. I believe in trickle-down economics. You give people an incentive to open businesses, start business, pay less taxes, hire more people, and everyone else benefits. Trump lifted the biggest increases, and under his administration was the bottom 8.5% of income earners. There is trickle-down. But that's not what he's talking about. Yeah, I know. He's, he's a commie. He's, a, he's an idiot. But he's, but he's Canada's idiot. So, hey, good luck, Canada. Uh, real quick, um, David Zia, what'd you have? Uh, well, the race-based college admissions uh, that were rejected by SCOTUS, they didn't really do it. I've been doing a lot of research on this. You know, I write, I write columns and stuff, and I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, just so disenchanted because, you know, Clarence said... In his decision, you know, he hoped this country would live up to his principles that all men are created equal, equal citizens. And then Justice Roberts weighs in. And I know this is old news. It's a week and a half old, two weeks old, the decision. But he said eliminating racial discrimination means eliminating all of it. Um, you know, most many universities have for too long concluded wrongly that the touchstone of an individual's identity is not challenged as bested skills built or blah, blah, blah. Right. So then he goes um, and he, he puts in the majority decision, and Charlie Kirk pointed this out right away because he's brilliant, you know, um, 
Justice Roberts gave uh, an alternate way for colleges and universities to continue race-based admission policies uh, in his majority decision. So on one hand, he's saying eliminate it. Right. uh, And then he says all you have to do as a college or university is ask the attendee or the person applying to write an essay on why they feel discriminated against, and they can still accept them. And this is what's going on in this country. The law does not matter. It does not matter. They're getting around it. And, you know, most people, like I said before, Pew Research, 82% don't want race-based admissions, but it's been particularly tough on Asians, right? There was a Native American student with a combined SAT score of 1,100 might be invited to apply to Harvard. But an Asian girl that Betsy McCoy wrote in the New York Post about, you know, showed that the Harvard and University of North Carolina discriminated against Asian American white applicants. And kind of in summary here, a black Hispanic would need at least a three thirteen fifty, and an Asian boy would need a 1380 but it's worse than that i've seen disparities where kids were chosen only got a thousand and then other kids were asian and and others got 1400 two of my children did very well in their sats getting over 1400 for one of them it got denied at yale my daughter got denied at villanova got waitlisted so you know how many people have been the victims of this who you know should be there on merit but there's always like so harvard writes a letter and they said uh, they're going to use college essays to continue its racial discrimination regime. Uh, you know, according to uh, Charlie Kirk's tweet, Harvard responds by explaining how it will comply with today's SCOTUS ruling by exploiting a specific weak spot in Robert's majority decision. An applicant's discussion of how race affected his or her life, be it through discrimination, inspiration, or otherwise, you know, in other words, all these colleges, because right. Harvard, the oldest college in the U.S., right, I believe, and University of North Carolina is one of the oldest, um, were both uh, doing this, you know. Yeah, and they both they were both subject to the uh, And they're just going to be, everyone's going to be able to continue to do it. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, you know what? Uh, Leave it to Roberts to screw up the country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he, has a, he has a stellar track record. On doing that. Hey, Slick Rick, one more uh, quick sports update. Sports brought to you by, of course, Mike Lindell's MyPillow.com. LFX6B is the code. Make sure you use it on checkout. Slick, what do you got? Well, you got the All-Star Game, Major League Baseball in Seattle right now. Top of the six, National League and American League tied out one. A seven-hitter going on. Four hits for the National, three hits for the Americans. The pitchers right now have the game in hand, so we'll see what happens there. But it is the uh, middle of the sixth inning, and it is tied at one, so definitely a pitch duel out in Seattle, the city of summer love, as it was <laughs> pro- appropriately noted many years ago, or inappropriately, I should say. And uh, some sad news in the surfing world. Uh, did you hear this one, Rick? Um, the surfing star, uh, Michaela Jones, 44, dies after accident with the board. This is an AP report. Honolulu. Michaela Jones, a Hawaii surfer known for shooting awe-inspiring photos and videos from the inside of massive curling waves, has died after a surfing accident in Indonesia. He was 44. Jones had gone out into the ocean Sunday morning during a trip to the Mentawi Islands of the western coast of Sumatra, where his surfboard fin cut his femoral artery, said his father, dentist Dr. John Jones. The femoral artery is a large blood vessel in the thigh that delivers blood to the lower limbs, and unfortunately, he passed away. Big Instagram page, and also wanted to get that in in sports. And let me try to end this on a high note with some good news out of the All-Star game. Uh, A gentleman that didn't make it to the All-Star game, but had some good words to say. Yankees star 
Aaron Judge on his love for God Bless America, respect for the veterans. This is Paul Boy of Breitbart. This is from the other day, but I like this story. Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees expounded on his love for his team playing God Bless America during the seventh inning stretch, a tradition going back to September 11th. Speaking with NewJersey.com last week, Judge said that he appreciates the God Bless America tradition as a way to honor veterans. Seeing God Bless America is my sign of respect for the veterans who are being honored on the field. He said they are 70 years old, some are 80, some are 90 and can barely walk. You see an old photo of them, their rank, what branch of the service, where they are and where they fought. I have nothing but respect for them. Judge added that he and his teammates, patriotism has nothing to do with politics and only to do with honoring those that made it possible for him to play baseball. So every time the anthem is played, especially on opening day, when we're lined up at first base on the line there, or when God Bless America is played, I'm thanking those who made it possible for me to play a baseball game and make a living like that, Judge said. Every time I see a soldier or Marine or sailor or sailor or policeman or fighter, I say thank you for your service. So I love that about Aaron Judge. He's a class act and uh, he plays for the greatest baseball team there is. Even though I'm a Reds fan, the Yankees are the all-time <laughs> classic team. But anyway, good stuff, Rick. Yeah, That's definitely. A and a great way to end the show. Yeah. And we appreciate you, as always, for watching. Thank you, David Zier, for jumping in and having some fun with us tonight. Slick Rick doing sports. As always, we salute our military active and retired first responders all up and down the line. EMTs, firefighters, nurses, police, everybody working hard to make our lives better. Truck drivers, you name it. Thanks to everybody on the show. Of course, Aaron and Fran in the booth. Marie's here. David's mom stopping in to say hi. And, of course, you guys at home, thank you for watching. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, we will see you tomorrow.